baseball season at Three Punk Ales, home of La Flama Blanca Pale Mexican Lager. Located in the heart of the South Bay at 259 Third Avenue, Chula Vista. We're just a minor threat. Three Punk Ales. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Miss Mary Salas. Yes. The mayor of our fair city, Chula Vista. The first Latina mayor yes. of Chula Vista mm-hmm. in the history of our fair city. <laughs> Welcome back. We had you once upon a time. Yeah. Right, BC, before before Corona, before COVID. Yes. Oh, my, how COVID. things have changed oh, since then. Yes. Where it, to begin? It's been a real shit show. Okay? Has it? Tell us. Give me a little background in well, Chula Vista. Okay, what's going so, on? So, um, well, you, Steve... I mean, you're you're at the heart of it. Mm. So on, I'm at the heart of the shit show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen it and personally experienced what a shutdown can mean. Yeah. So literally, on the 15th of March, I'm walking down Third Avenue. I'm looking right. I'm looking left. I'm seeing our businesses thriving. I'm seeing people out having a good time. And then on the 16th. We get ordered to close down. And literally from the 15th to the 16th, the streets of Chula Vista became a ghost town. And it stayed like that maybe for like a week or two. Mm. And then we slowly started kind of like just getting acclimated, back. I guess. Not even comfortable because no. I just feel like the more word came out like, okay, we're allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to do that to the point where we have our masks on. We've had our masks on now for seven months. Yeah. Because the city of Chula Vista and the city of National City, we were the first cities to mandate the masks. And it took the rest of the county maybe about a month more before they figured that this is the best defense against the the virus, right? Is that mask. It's a best defense. Simple yet effective. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. We don't like wearing it. Nope. It's uncomfortable. Very much so. But you know what? If we want to take care of our neighbors and we want to take care of our families, we've got to do that. If we want to open up again, if we want the city to breathe the Absolutely. way it was breathing before March, we got to mm-hmm. we got to follow the rules. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I saw those killer Chula Vista uh, face masks. Yeah. Do we have any more? Yes, or are they all we do. Out? So anybody that wants one uh, can go to the the Chula Vista libraries. Okay, the South Chula or the um, this central library. They can pick one up from 11 to 5 every day. I think, well, it's Monday through 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 Thursday Okay. that they can pick them up at the library. They only allow one person, uh, you know, one per, per person. But um, everybody is welcome to get a mask. Um, if you have a problem getting to the library, just email me. I'll have a volunteer take Ooh, it. Ms. Mary, you, don't, you do not want to put your email out there. <laughs> you know what? Actually, talking about that, you and social media, you and social media and COVID, how has that been? I I, I, I stumble <laughs> on your on your uh, social medias from time to time, and I just see like you you're very diligent about putting out what's gone on in the county, what's gone on in the city, mm-hmm. how many people have been affected, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah. It's not easy being the mayor. No, it's not. Because, <laughs> because we have to post the number, or, you know, I choose to post the numbers because our community should know, you know, how, how, what the rate of infection is there. And by the way, the South Bay has been affected more than the, the other areas of San Diego. So our zip codes, nine, nine, one, nine, one, zero, nine, one, nine, one, one, um, are among the highest. National City is really high too. So is South San Diego. So the virus has really affected uh, people in the Latino community more so yep. than anyone else. And so you ask why, you know, why, why is it, why is it um, impacting us so much? Well, it's, it's a lot of things. It's the work that our people do. We have a tremendous amount, a really high percentage of essential workers. So they're the ones that have to report to work every day. They don't work remotely. Um, so they're out in the public all the time. There are bus drivers, you know, there are, there are hospital workers. There are, um, you know, our public works people. They're UPS. All yeah. I'm there every day. Yeah. Every morning I'm the, there. <laughs> the, the service people that are, that are out there having to put themselves out on the, on the line. Um, and yes, we have a lot of people working from home, including myself, including about 50% of our Chill Vista City club. Um, uh, staff, but we have a lot of people that still need to get up every day. You know, we never stopped. No, nope. yeah, the I mean, essential workers—the ones, by the way, that pay more taxes than Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, okay, so that's another subject that just—I uh, mean, that has just been bothering me so much. You can't even believe. Let it, it rip. Let me hear it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we all kind of knew. That the guy was hiding his taxes because he has a lot. Because he was to reluctant hide. to show it. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot to hide, right? And you know that people still believe in this con man. He's the biggest con that ever hit the United States of America. You know, P.T. Barnum had nobody on. And there's only him. one way to, you know, resolve a situation like that is make sure everybody vote goes out and vote. Out. You know, make sure everybody goes out and vote. Vote him out in big numbers. Yeah. Just in case your younger viewers don't uh -huh. know the reference of P.T. Barnum. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, do you know? Uh, P.T. Barnum, I'm going to assume it relates to the circus. Yes. Okay. He was so, a circus man. Yeah, Somebody so, was. Yeah. P.T. Barnum. So um, his most famous, um, his most famous line that he ever said was, there's a sucker born in every crowd. That is true. And Trump has made a sucker out of a lot of people. So yeah. this is an election year. It is. This is an election year during COVID. Uh-huh. Bringing it more locally. What kind of programs, what can we expect? What can we look to on November 6th when it's election day here in Chula Vista? Well, I hope everybody votes early. Um, and the polls are going to start opening um, for in-person voting on October the 31st. And it's going to go all the way to election day. So this is going to be very different than elections of, uh, in the past. Um, you can actually vote in person um, in very, but see, they've got very limited polling places. So, you know, we've been doing mail ballots for a long time in California. So I really encourage everybody, as soon as they get that, that ballot, um, you know, to fill it out and make sure it gets um, to the post office and uh, make sure that it gets there before election day so that your vote will be counted. 
I mean, it's so important. This election is just really, really important for a whole number of reasons. Turns out that 2020 is very important for a lot of reasons. You know, 2020 mm-hmm. has uh, cast a large gray cloud over our city, over our county, over our state, over our, over the world. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it all, the trickle-down effect all the way down here to Chula Vista, like you said, we 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 got the brunt of the uh, COVID infections. Mm-hmm. We, as a Latinos, we... we we're on the front line. We're, yeah. we're, we're essential workers. So we are, we're exposed a lot to what's going on. Um, what kind of programs, outreach resources did we have at our disposal here in Chula Vista during the COVID? Like, was there something that oh, was yeah. made available to us? Yeah. So, you know, um, we, sh- we shifted uh, when I talk about, we, the city of Chula Vista, we really shifted our operations. So we had to close down the parks we had to close down the libraries and then the recreation centers. So what do you do with all those those people? Okay, we've kept them fully employed and doing other things. So like our our rec people still continue um, to we what we did is we turned the library into a food pantry. So we have food there that comes from the food bank, and then our recreation workers um, we for people that. Can't, don't have access to food that can't get to a grocery store um, that are you know of limited means that that say they're they're uh, a, an elderly person that's really at risk that can't go grocery shopping or that kind of stuff um, we do have um, our recreation people are still delivering pe- food to people so we had them doing that then because of you know the uh, the just the collapse of the economy, and people really suffering, wondering, oh, I lost my job. How am I going to pay my rent? Yep. You know, um, uh, we're having we're having meltdowns because you know of all this uncertainty, mental health issues, um, all kinds of issues that that have arisen from this. Then what happened is our library people became two one one operators. So there's a system in Chula Vista or it's countywide. Countywide, yeah. That's two one one. So when you call 211, they can connect you to all kinds of different resources, whether you need um, health care, if you're suffering from not being able to pay your rent, you know, just a whole number of things. Um, the 211 people can direct you to the right resources. So, of course, countywide, the, the calls went through the volume, through the roof. And so our library staff is now answering 211 call, calls. So they stayed busy throughout the whole oh, yeah. ordeal. Yeah, throughout the whole thing, our city workers have continued to be really, really busy. Then our public works people, God bless them. I mean, you know, um, we had to shut down the parks. So yep. it's always a battle. Um, I know people don't like to see those that yellow tape around equipment where people are not allowed to, you know, um, go to the parks. But um, we've had so many instances of vandalism and people cutting down those tapes and doing what they wanted anyway. So, um, so our public works people have just been really awesome, you know. What um, kind of pushback has the community given you? Has, um, have this, has there been pushback? There has been pushback, and you'll, you'll see it. You'll see, um, you know, you'll see on my Facebook post. Um, you know, people saying, oh, those aren't real numbers or you're exaggerating this or it's not real. I mean, they're taking their, they're taking their, their cues from the orange con man who refused to wear a mask for the longest time. 
right? Correct. Which, by the way, I think the real reason he didn't want to wear a mask is he has so much makeup, he didn't want it <laughs> smeared all over the mask, right? <laughs> Could very well be the case. <laughs> I, think, I think so. Yeah, because, you know, I wear my mask and my lipstick smears on it, right? Yeah, uh, proof. There, I just yeah, saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, because so. Chula Vista, we... we we're a sleeping giant. I, I always tell it to people. We're in the South, the South Bay in general. I mean, we're we're in Chula Vista. We're the second largest city in the mm-hmm. county of San Diego. Um, there's a lot of force, a lot of power behind us. It all it takes is something like this. I feel like to awaken the masses, yeah. you know. And, and it's and, and I work here in, in downtown. You know, we have a business here in downtown. So we get all kinds of people, all kinds of characters that come through and it's like, why are you guys wearing masks? Why are you making us wear masks? Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. You're infringing upon my rights. You're doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to buy uh, tacos to have a beer. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. That's just as a business owner. You know, yeah. that's n- n- yourself as a community leader. I've, I've, I've seen your social medias. Mm-hmm. You know, I see when you go out there and you post something and it's only a matter of time before the same kind of people who always come out and mm-hmm. say those numbers are fake. Yeah. You know, where are you, why don't you release the full when are, the full uh, data? When are you going to remove the uh, mandate for letting us walk freely without any mask? Mm-hmm. How do you guys handle that? Like, what well, do you do? What's the protocol? What's the wh- how do you answer that? <laughs> well, a lot of times we don't respond to them because they're the same fools, right? If you look, if you look at the posts, they're the same fools, and um, so uh, and a lot of them we don't respond because if you get into a pissing contest with them forget about it yeah it's on it's, you know? it's social media you, yeah. you want to steer clear of that. it's just like nine no, nine no. no. yeah you know what if you want to be an ignorant ass go for it you know hmm. but um you'll be speaking to yourself yeah, exactly. yeah no one's going to respond to you i i mean we do respond to people that have legitimate questions we really do like people that ask us when are you going to open the parks we're going to open the parks when the state govern gov, the state government allows us to open the parks, it's just like you, Steve, right? It's like you had a total shutdown. Correct. Then you had a limited opening. Yes. Then you had a big opening, and then you had a regression. Closure again, yep. <laughs> right. And I got to tell you, that is that to me is the most disruptive thing to business that you can do. What does that tell you, though, when we get these sort of back and forth and kind of tug of war with things that we can and can't do? Well, it tells me that um, when you loosen up, some people go go crazy and they think that it's just getting back to normal. And so then you get reinfection rates, right? Yeah. I mean, we had, we what was it, like two days ago, we thought the governor was going to shut us down again because of our numbers. Yeah. And we just squeezed by. Just squeezed by. by. That's... Oh, my God. I mean, fortunately, I mean, think about this. The first wave, and I refer to it as a first wave because we don't know where we are now. We could be in the smack dab middle of all of this still. You know, I don't know how close we are to the end. Nobody knows. But when it initially happened, a lot of businesses shut down. Yes. Not all of them were able to, you know, right. get it back up and, and reopen and do it. Yeah. If we were going to close again, I almost felt like that's going to wipe out the remaining people yeah. that are just kind of barely holding on, exactly. hanging on. So it's like. Again, I don't envy the position of yeah. people who are in control of the state. People who are in control here. Local government is, is just a very difficult task. Yeah. But this is the position you chose. Just you know? look at. Just think. We know that at least sixty-one percent of the small businesses in Chula Vista have closed. Is that oh 61%. wow? Sixty-one percent. And we have a total of about maybe seven thousand small businesses in Chula Vista. <sighs> 
So one of the things that the city did is we dipped into our emergency reserves, mm -hmm. plus we added on some of the CARES money, and then we put out grants, not loans, to small businesses. And But we weren't able to reach everyone. And then the loans were, you know, like average $5,000. You know, that may help a business for a little bit, but it's not the solution. It's a Band-Aid on a gash, on an open wound, you it, know? It is. And so... I think that, you know, this has been the hardest time ever for me to be a mayor, is to watch the work of people, um, just, you know, just all the people that are suffering right now. Same thing with rent, you know, and the, the moratorium that we have. And so my big worry is, you know, what happens when, um, you know, the, the bill comes due and people have been deferring their rent how do they pay for that big bubble? Yeah. At the end? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if a lot of people are privy or know what happens. Yeah, there's a deferment, mm -hmm. but eventually those $1,200, $1,500 rent uh, due dates that you've prolonged for six months, mm -hmm. you know, eventually all that turns into, oh, now I know $9,000. Yeah. You know, how am I going to pay the $9,000 in addition to now that rent is back up on me? How do I keep up with this? Yeah. It's, it, we haven't seen the worst of this financially as it relates to, you know, residential mm -hmm. or even small business. Mm -hmm. it, it's not going to, it scares yeah. me sometimes. Like I'll just, I'll just talk to my mom or, or my wife and I'm like, it's going to get crazy. You know, I mean, fortunately, knock on wood, you know, we're, we're here. We we're able to open. We were able to pivot and, and, and dance around some of the obstacles while, by delivering beer or having people pick up cans to go. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you just got to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. But that's not always the case. No. You know? You can only adapt. So much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know what? Okay, so let's hope that it's not all gloom, gloom and doom. And let's hope we can give some hope to people, right? Because, um, you know, we're, we're a great country. We're, you know, our... The work ethic of the people of the United States, and especially Latinos, I mean, it's it, we do have a strong work ethic. So if you think about, if you you have to look at historically at things ha that happened, right? So the closest thing that we can look at is the Depression, the Great Depression, you know, that lasted from 1929 until the onset of, of World War II. Mm -hmm. So it lasted a good 10 years, yeah. right? Um, I'm reading this really good book now, and it's really changed my thinking about how we look at government spending and uh, the economy. And the book is called The Deficit Myth, and it was given to me by a really good friend, uh, Gonzalo Lopez, and I still owe him a thank you letter. <laughs> um, so if Gonzalo listens to this, I'm bad girl. because The I Deficit Debt? The, no, it's called The Deficit Myth. Myth, perdón, okay. Myth, like... Uh, like an untruth. Yeah, right. right. So um, we have we have been taught right that government is like your household, and you can't spend more than you make, and you make your money by taxing people, right? And the premise of this book is is saying no, that is not true. Now, this only pertains to the federal government, not to local or state government, because the government prints money, okay? Money is this, this, uh, this nebulous, just, it's not even a commodity, because money used to be 
backed by a gold standard, that means you had to have the gold. Yeah, there had to be it. something to back it up. Okay? Otherwise, but it's worthless. That's not that's not modern economy, and it's just not the United States. They were giving examples of of this. So it's it's countries like even China or uh, Great Britain or. Um, all these countries that have control of their currency and they print it. So um, the author, and I forgot who the author was, um, is saying that that just like in in the Great Depression, that you can't look at government spending by saying, how are you going to pay for it? Because the government pays for it by printing money and issuing debt. And they said, and that whole theory that we have about, well, if you... If you issue debt, then you're burdening the future. Because that's what I believed until I started reading this book. I agree. Yeah, I mean. So anyway, I'm I'm reading this book. It's changing my way of thinking, but I'm just reading it right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to check with some other friends that are economists to make sure that you know, well, this isn't just a uh, you know a crazy idea, and it's there's something solid behind this. But the point that I was trying to make is FDR, Pre- President Franklin Delano. Um, Roosevelt did exactly that kind of huge government spending during the depression where he put people to work. Um, most of the major infrastructure projects that we had, like the Hoover Dam, um, the, the Tennessee Valley Dam Authority, all these huge projects that were built really served several purposes. One was to put people, people to, to work, work, correct, earning money pumping money back into the economy and getting us out of this thing. And I think it's going to have that, that it's going to have to take something like that because the depression uh, didn't just affect, you know, a, a, a group of a few people. It affected everybody, just like this coronavirus is affecting everyone. So it's going to take a tremendous federal response to it. And it's going to take a way, a different way of our viewing debt and spending by the U.S. government. So um, along those lines, as it relates to economy and people, you know, having to adapt and and figure out what they're going to do for work here in Chula Vista, um, the homelessness, Mm -hmm. it it seems to have kicked up a few notches during the COVID. Yes. Um, I know here behind the brewery, there's been a couple like tents being set up here in the parking lot behind. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, and, because and who, you know, I, I've 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 asked our police department about about that because, okay, you can you can have compassion and you know, but okay, this guy over here, he's a bit over the edge. His we call it his condo grows every day and i'm just thinking to myself how does he get that furniture how does he get those umbrellas how does he get those chairs is he going out and stealing this stuff you know and and somebody walks by oh there's my there's my bench oh there's you know you know he's uh, I mean? he's developed quite the spread back here behind the brewery he has it's, a full-on tent city um uh, i don't know whose property it is i don't, I don't think it's city owned i think it's no, legitimate it's, it's some somebody owns that property and i don't think they're very um they, they, they don't keep tabs on it at all. I don't know how often they come down here, but it's grown. You yeah. know, I see them in the, and now it's like all over the park. We have another business on Broadway mm-hmm. and the homeless community there is huge, too. Yeah. And I'm like, so one, where are, where is where are all these people coming from? Where can where what services? What, what, what do we have available mm-hmm. to help them, I guess, kind of like bridge the gap? Because yeah. having the covid right now is not going to help them very much, no. you know, because. 
once upon a time, I feel like maybe if you were homeless, you would have more resources at your fingertips. That, you know, there would be more shelters that would be able to help you. But now since since we have a pandemic, mm-hmm. I feel like all of those resources are being exhausted. Yeah. So if you are in the unfortunate position of being homeless, you might be stuck for a little bit longer. You know, it might uh, not be as yeah. easy to transition out. Yeah. And the thing, Steve, is, is that um, um, the problem can only get worse until it gets better. Right. Because a lot of people are we talked about the rent thing. Right. Um, there's a number of factors that lead to homelessness. I mean, the addiction, the drug addiction and and the alcohol addiction is like the number one reason. And then what happens is the addiction gets so bad that they become mentally ill yeah and then there's very, it's, a, it's a cycle it's, it's really it, it's like a down, downward spiral but um in regards to you know what are we doing about it chula vista doesn't have a homeless shelter so um constitutionally unless you have a place where uh, the government the city of chula vista has a place that an alternative for them to go to we can't run them off the streets you know we can't there's no alternative. There's been a uh, case law on that. You have to have so, a place for the displaced. Yes. And if there's no, then they're... You, then, then, yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's only to spur communities to to do the right thing and to, you know, make provisions for, for the homeless. Um, so the city of Chula Vista is working to that end. We have, um, we have made progress and we have identified a spot um, and what we intend to do is put up a bridge shelter. So that means that you have a place for them to go to live. Mm-hmm. You have all the social services, um, the mental health, the health, um, those kinds of things, psychological services that are there on site that we can help them move on to a better spot, right? And, and then um, so we're in the process. We've identified the place. We've run into a little bit of a problem because uh, the Coastal Conservancy is giving us some some pushback on it, but I think we're going to get there. Um, it's going to be located where... Everything's a negotiation, huh? Yeah. Everything. But it's going to be located in a spot where it's really close to, um, you know, things like public transit, but still away from the community, right? Uh, away from homes and residents. Oh, okay, residents. So it's, I, the, the place that was identified is ideal, and we were looking for a November opening date, but you know, with the pushback and the the COVID, um, probably we're not we're not there yet. But you know, as soon as we open that place up, it'll have the capacity for about three hundred homeless. Oh, nice! And and so we'll have that alternative, right? And and we can we can place people there that really want the help and really want to get out of that cycle. Yeah, because with the parks being closed, it, it almost seems like okay, now the parks are closed. So it, you see more and more homeless just mm-hmm. kind of like up and down the block, and it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, yeah, we don't, do we do not have anything in place to help them, or yeah. are we just kind of like turning the blind eye during no. COVID? It's, it's yeah. just, you know, it's it's a little overwhelming. And you know what, our community is compassionate. We are. That's the other thing you know, I always so, see. Um, so we don't hear. A, I mean, I hear it in my office sometimes. People, like, there's a homeless lady in the corner of East Lake and blah blah blah, right? I mean, over there, it's like... Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) There's a homeless person, right? Here we have... Communities. Tents. Right. But um, there are people that are really intolerant, and and they can't see those people as human beings that, you know, for who knows how they ended up there, but they're there. Um, But I would say, for the most part, our community is really compassionate. 
and they understand that. And um, a lot of them go, well, they're here, so let's coexist, okay? And um, it's it's a sad thing to watch. And I think what happens is you, you don't want to see homeless because it really tears at your heart, right? It really like, okay, here I am in my nice cozy It makes house. you feel guilty. Yeah, it You does. know, you, you take a step back and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. And then the, the kids start asking me, like, oh, Daddy, why does he live there? Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, it's, you can't, you can't you can't skirt the issue. You got to yeah. tell them. I was like, well, Papa, I mean, and I tell them, I said, they, there's a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. The reason that you have to worry about is just, you know, you just never give up. You got to keep trying. You got to mm-hmm. It's kind of, I don't want to like paint it with a broad brush, but I mean, my kid's six years old. So I got to tell him like something like, Hey, you know, you just, you always got to make sure you do the right thing, make the right choices, work hard. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad will be here to help you. But you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, it, it, I'm getting to the age with my kids. That, yeah. These are the questions that are coming up, mm-hmm. you know, um, so kind of parlaying into that, like uh, crime mm-hmm. here in Chula Vista. How has our crime been? Has it increased? I talked um, to um, David Oyo, sergeant here, yeah. Chula Vista Police Department, a few months ago, like around June, yeah. July, and he kind of gave me an update, but I haven't talked to yeah. him since in regards to that. Yeah, so um, so the kinds of crimes that have gone up are things that are related, I think, to the stresses of COVID, domestic, domestic violence, violence. Mm-hmm. domestic violence big time. You know, if you think about um, the stresses that families are going through, like, okay, Maybe you're not making your full income. Yeah, right? I mean, those are the major stresses in a relationship. Yeah. And then maybe now you have to sit and look at each other for 24 <laughs> hours a day, yeah. right? You're not going to work. No anymore. work. You're there 24-7. <laughs> and on top of that, and I don't know how they do it, but parents with children mm. that now, okay, they may be working remotely. They've got a couple of kids that they need to get online for school. Mm. The kids are nestious because they're not out in the parks playing. So you have all this tension going on in the house. Let me tell you, speaking from the epicenter of all of that, yeah, it's it's tough. You right. know, like fortunately, I have a job. You know, fortunately, I, I, I go to the I go to UPS and then I run around to the businesses and make sure everything's good. Mm-hmm. Wifey's the one stuck at home with the kids. And I don't say stuck, but in yeah. a sense, you're stuck. You're anchored there with right. distance learning. My boys are preschool, first grade and third grade. Yeah. And they're at that age where attention is, you know, it's a rare commodity. They, they, oh, they you, yeah. you know, it comes and it goes. Mm-hmm. A bird can go fly by the window and we've lost them for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um it's just crazy to deal with that. But fortunately for us, wifey and I have a strong foundation. We have a really good relationship. But yeah, I can see how financial struggles, um, not having a job, yeah. not knowing if you're going to have enough for the rent, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you live with the person. And then if maybe if that relationship wasn't as firm once upon a time, now it all comes to the surface. Right. I have seen a lot of uh, cases of domestic violence going up just by because I, I, you know, I have friends that are police officers here in Chilvis. Yeah. And now like, here's have some beer. What's going on in the city? You know what, what's going on? You know, and uh, they're off duty. Oh, always. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just seems that yeah, that yeah, our city's tense. You know, it, and yeah. not to mention, you know, we went through a whole social injustice mm-hmm. uh, with with George Floyd, and that all trickled yeah. down here. It got as close as La Mesa downtown with yeah. um, protests and people up in arms, as we should be. Got to fight for what, equality and things yeah. that matter. It just when you look back. Miss Mary, 2020 has thrown it's a everything, yeah, everything at you. Everything. Everything. Not to mention the Columbus statue. <laughs> That's right. Where where did they put the Columbus statue? It was, it was, we hid him. Yeah, I was going to say, it was it Discovery Park? 
I remember going by there when we used to go to we used to go to Benita Middle or Benita High School rather. Yeah, and we'd yeah. go to the little taco shop there and go out the taco sh- down at the park. And yeah, that was it. That was yeah. a Columbus. And then I saw on the news, poof, just like that. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. So um, that was that. That was at the height of all the yes. social unrest and all of that. And you know, um, first of all, kudos to the people that live in Chula Vista, and kudos to our cops. Okay, our p- police department handled this beautifully and i think that the reason that they were able to is that if you look at our police officers they're very diverse they're you know we've got uh you know people of color women gays you know we have this tremendous diverse mix of police officers right and you couple that with the um community-based training that they've had um, all the, the training and de-escalation and, um, you know, our, while, you know, you don't have a perfect department, we've got a really good and respectful department. And I've got to tell you, I saw them out on the front lines when people were in their face insulting them and they just did not react to that. They were professional to the very, to the very end, you know, and, um, the, you have to be there. There you the police officers are here from the community. Like yes. when I was talking to Oyos, you know, and, and I tell him, I was like, hey, man, well, what do you do? He's like, he understands that there's an issue. Yeah. You know, and that's what he was telling me. He's like, there's an issue, man. That mm-hmm. what happened to George Floyd is. Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. Like that cannot happen. Right. And that for me is the right start. Yeah. You know, it's like, at least there's not a blind eye here in Chula Vista. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you mean? There's not an issue. These exactly. things happen. They just happen. It's part yeah. of the job. At least they, he acknowledged that, you know what? No, that's wrong. Yeah. That can't happen. Oh, that yeah. that makes it bad for everyone in line. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a trickle down effect is what he said. It's like it, that happened in Minnesota. But guess what? That happened. It happens here. It happens in San Diego. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like as it relates to the riots and protesting and, and, and people up in arms in the streets. We as a business owners here, I mean, we, we just hung out and just waited. But I mean, Chula Vista is a different. It's a different community. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's we're very diverse. There's a little bit of everything in our community. Mm-hmm. And that make that's what makes Chula Vista awesome. Yeah. You know, like I talked to Tim, Tim Parker, the owner of Chula Vista Brewery, came in and we were having a chat and he's like, Man, I'm from sh- Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago, it's night and day compared to Chula Vista. He's like, mm-hmm. My kids, we they can go out and I don't feel worried or anything. They they can hang out and Chula Vista, nothing's gonna happen. To them. Yeah. You know, we're very comfortable, very relaxed. We're in a bubble. And I like that bubble. So when something like that happens and we're forced to like, well, are we going to stay at our business and just kind of like hang out and see if something goes sideways here in our town? Mm-hmm. Fortunately, nothing happened, you know, because the community, we all came as one. And that's what I find is weird. When there's like big dramas, like when 9-11 happened, I remember post 9-11, everybody was hand in hand, harmony, mm-hmm. like, oh, I love thy neighbor. You're good. You're bad. And then mm-hmm. once then just it all goes away. Yeah. And then something like this comes around, like the COVID. Oh, everyone's hand in hand. You know, we're going to get this through this as a, as a team, as a community. And then whew, I don't feel like our community has been more diverse than it is now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how strong are we if at any given moment it just takes something to kind of like push us off our, our, our little spot and then everything just kind of yeah. goes in shambles. Right. Which is precisely why we made that decision to, to get rid of Columbus because um, – we we had heard, you know, the social media posts and all of that, that um, there were going to be protesters coming and tearing down the statues. And so um, I met with my city manager and Chief Roxanne Kennedy. And the three ladies in charge of Chula Vista. <laughs> right. And this is what you get. You get a really good <laughs> result. So 
so we started talking about it. And I said, you know what? No statue is worth anyone getting hurt. Not a member of the community, they may get hurt tearing it down. Or our police officers that have to defend a piece of bronze for what? And so um, we made that decision. Who may or may not even believe in what that piece of bronze represents. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, but they have to, yeah. they have to defend yeah. it because it's public it's property. It's public property. Right? And so, um, so we thought in the best interest of our community that we were going to take it down and uh, not, not deal with it until things calm down because it still has to go through a process. Even though we took it down and, and our Human Relations Commission said we want it gone, our Parks and Rec Commission still has to weigh in on it. And then it comes to the city council and we have to vote. So there's not one superseding vote that says, you know what, this is what we're going to do. Let's no, no yellow tape, no nothing. Let's go. No. no. So it has to come to the city council and there have to be at least three of us to agree that the statue doesn't come back. And I don't think we have the votes. Oh. So, you know, I've, I've still been getting pressure from. Um, When's it coming back? When are you putting them back up? Well, that. <laughs> but the other part of it is. Is from the other side saying, when are you going to take a firm stand and say it's never coming back? Well, that's that's so anyway, we we want you to bring it to the city council for a, a vote. And I had to tell some of my friends, I said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to I'm not going to take up that issue until after the elections. OK, yeah, we don't yeah. need any distractions in the city. So um, the ultimate fate of that statue is not. Still not determined, <laughs> but I get emails all the day, all the time. Like I get um, from like the daughters of Columbus that say, we'll take the statue from you. And then we just got one uh, today from this guy from Buffalo, New York. I'll take the statue. You know? Well, I mean, being a community leader, being a mayor of Chula Vista, you got to learn to take the good with the bad, how to dance, how to move around these things. Because, yeah, you, if you're tugging on one end mm-hmm. to, to what you think you're making things right, mm-hmm. the other end is probably going to try to tug. Well, what about us? You exactly. just you just can't cater to this demographic. Mm-hmm. There is a whole other slew of demographic yeah. on our end. What about us? What about yeah, us? What exactly. about us? And you know what? If you're not pissing off somebody, you're not doing, you're your, not job. doing your job. You really aren't. Yeah, you can't make every. I've learned that now. You can't make everybody happy. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody who's not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. Yeah. Let them not be happy. Well, we want everybody to be happy, but that's... I'll be very, very happy November 3rd if we get rid of that clown. That's a step in the right direction? Yep. Yeah, I think that... Got a lot of rebuilding to do. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Lots. For you, 2021 is it? 2022. 2022, yes, do. Yeah. Yes. No more. No more. Are you looking forward to that? I love my, bo- my job. Here it is. Here we go. I love my job, <laughs> but yes, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've done this for a long time. I don't see I, how anybody can withstand been, what this year, let alone yeah, the what is it? It's been such a joy, you know. And, and and I think I think about my life and that tiny little neighborhood I came from, you know, low income, and you know how I've gotten here, and I just um, count my blessings all the time that you know God gave me the talent and the drive to do what I've done in my life. Yeah. And that drive has gone you all the way over here yeah. now. That drive is like, I want to shift into low gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shifting into low gear. Let's bring it back to um, to the elections. You know, who do you support in the upcoming elections? Who's, who's, who's some of the names that uh, 
you've thrown your name and your support behind that we can look for in the ballot? Uh, well, you know what? Um, I've I've thrown my support to Andrea Cardenas in in D four. Uh, I'm supporting Steve Padilla in D two. Padilla. I'm supporting Nora Vargas for supervisor. Um, I'm supporting Lucy for school board. I know that one because every yeah. time I walk by your house heading home, I was like, uh -huh. oh, there's Lucy's. <laughs> and now I have another sign planted there, uh, Dr. Adrian Araciba mm -hmm. for school board. Of course, um, <clears throat> Joe Biden yeah. and Kamala Harris. Yeah. They're big, pigs. big month coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Hopefully. Hopefully everything will turn out right. Talking about Miss Lucy, I had her in here. We were talking about her running for seat number two in the Chula Vista School Board, and um, just she has her finger on the pulse. One on the union side, you know, representing the school, the, mm -hmm. the teachers, and and everyone involved. And now two jumping that fence and going to the other side, mm -hmm. being on the school board and doing what's best. You know, representing both sides. Mm -hmm. It's a exactly. tricky dance again. It's a tricky dance that she she wants to do. And I was asking, I was like, how how ready are we? realistically to have schools open again are we close is it a pipe dream i mean i know in the chula vista elementary school district we've been getting emails daily uh, voicemails regularly just kind of giving us updates so now um being presented to us as parents in this school district for uh, elementary it's like you can choose to send your children back to school starting i believe october 6th mm -hmm. and if you bring them in, we'll do it on a quarterly basis. You can send your kids to school for that quarter, and then you'll go ahead and reassess that situation and decide if you can bring them back. Mm -hmm. Or you can just choose to maintain distance learning mm -hmm. and keep them at home for that, which I'm not opposed to. I just see I just see my little guy is not getting that full experience, right. the social, ex you know, like they, they need they, to be social. We're lucky that they have brothers. There's three of them. Mm -hmm. So they, they're there in each other's face all day for better or for worse, but they're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they get to communicate amongst themselves, yeah. but yeah, there's other people that have, you know, one kind of that's just a lone child and that can't be healthy and just oh, not being no. in that school, in that classroom environment, it just can't be healthy mm -hmm. being away from it for so long. Yeah. So where and, are we as children? And, 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 the, and the kids, I mean, the kids get to a certain age where their friends are more important than the parents, right? I mean, it's a fact of life. And they need that. You know, they, they need that socialization. And I know that I have one really dear friend that has um, an only child that was transitioning into middle school, into a brand new middle school environment. So you can imagine now sitting in front of a computer at a time when that little boy is you know changing so much uh, maturing and then all of us just the angst of that age without all this stuff right and not being able to interface with people his own age it's it's a tough, tough thing yeah yeah what would you do uh you have an eight-year-old son and you're putting yeah. and then this is being presented to you do you choose to take your kid back to school or do you continue doing at-home distance learning? Um, I'd have to weigh the risks on yeah. it. I mean, every parent has to weigh their own risk, okay? So what's the situation like at home? You know, are you in a place where um, you don't have elderly parents that um, the child could bring COVID and that would have terrible impacts, you know, to, an, say, a grandparent or something like that? I mean, everybody has to make their own assessment of risk. And that's where we are, mm -hmm. you know, and, and 
everything right now is a choice and it's not just like ah oh, you know what yeah let's do this because it has long-term effects you know and what well, we don't know the long-term effects of covid yet you know we don't know if you can get it multiple times we don't know if it's something that's going to stay and, and and cause some sort of ill effect on your lungs especially with children growing up we don't know yeah. and that's what wi- wifey and i are like oh my god i hate that they have to be here and they can't be with their friends and they can't be in a school setting and they can't have that experience but we don't know what that experience is going to bring home with them every day yeah you know and then right. it's like i have an elderly abuelita that lives with my parents right now and then so i do my best to make sure that you know we always have our masks on mm-hmm. we have to abide by all the policies even here just to operate the business i mean we're all dancing right now yeah. we're, we're all playing the game we're all waiting to see what what gets uh trickled down to us okay now you got to do this oh you guys can stay open because you were 0.01 percent away mm-hmm. from being in purple but you guys are still in the good to so stay open yeah. and sometimes i feel it's just like even our leaders in Stake up. They don't know what's going on. I feel like they're kind of winging it at sometimes, and it's like, fuck. Yeah. If they're winging it, what are we supposed to do? Right. You know. <sighs> Crazy time. Crazy time. I'm happy you came better. in. I'm happy you came Thank in. Thank you. It'll be better. I will be a stranger so much. What? Yeah. What? One thing I, I do ask people. You already answered me. What you've been reading. Mm-hmm. How does this change? How has the COVID changed you? Like for better or for worse in the last seven months? One thing that you can pinpoint now that it's like, oh man. I'm forever going to be different because of this. Well, I'm going to be different because in order not to go crazy, what I did is I started studying Italian. Oh, nice. And um, through Babbel. And then I reinforced my Italian by watching Italian movies. (laughs) And um, I listened to opera arias every single day. So I kind of like immerse myself because otherwise, if I'm just focusing on what I can't have now, you know, like I yeah. can't travel, I can't do this, I can't do you that. You can get lost doing that, yeah. Exactly. So what, what I did with it with the Italian, it's like I can learn something new, and I'm learning that something new because when I retire in two years, I'm doing a house swap. I'm swapping my house for a house in Italy, nice. and I want to be ready to live that experience, right? Sounds like you're on the right track. Yeah. Nice. So just think of something positive like that. What can I do to, you know, get me away from all the negative? All the negative. And there's a lot of negative. Uh-huh. I mean, you and don't have to go too far to find yeah. negative. So anyway, oh. I, I love this because now, you know, the, what do they call the earworms uh-huh. in my head are like, uh, dorma, you know, that kind of Damn. thing. That's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so these arias are in my head now and, and I'm really loving it. Miss Mayor Mary Salas, mm-hmm. thank you for coming in again. We're going to see if we can meet you again in the next year to see where we are at that point. Today was just mm-hmm. kind of like a state of yeah. the union for a city. City, mm-hmm. city state address for Chula Vista. Right. You answered all of the questions that I had for you, and I'm very curious because I live here. I have a tattoo. We need to get your Chula Vista tattoo. Absolutely. Ooh, I heard mm-hmm. it, and I'm yes. not going to let you off the hook on that one. All right, Miss Mary, thank you very much. Okay. Ciao, ragazzi. <laughs> That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Pay our website a visit, emobrown.com. That's where you can find access to all of our episodes, information on how to join the Patreon, Emo Brown, the social club, as well as pick up all of our merch, hats, shirt, patches, masks, todo el pelo. As always, our episodes are brought to you by the wonderful people at the Miso Healthy Company. 
award-winning true full-spectrum CBD grown in California and sold worldwide. Lolita's Mexican Food. Patience is the essence of fine Mexican food. Located all throughout the San Diego County, specifically near dear home, Chula Vista, Balboa Avenue Dispensary for all your medicinal or recreational cannabis needs. Follow them, the Balboa Avenue Dispensary. Thank you very much. If you ever want to reach us, leave us a message, ask a question, share a thought, or just say hello, give us a call. 619-728-9300. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. ¿Qué onda, muchacho? Ahí viene este miro. Si me traes bronca, me loco de a ti.